Okay, let's get on with our subject this morning. Oh, this is a hard one. Forgiveness and apologies. Oh, dear. I don't know why they chose me for this. I'm still on a journey of forgiveness and will be to the day I go to my grave, I guess. That was an interesting story that um, Alison read for us from the Bible. Let's put up the first part. Of, um, let's go up to the... Um, yes, right. Yep, so there was a king. Jesus said, look, this is how forgiveness works. There was a king. He wanted to settle his accounts. So it was time to call in the debts. They were due. Or uh, he had to marry off a daughter and had to put on a... needed some money or whatever. And it was going to war. He had to pay. He needed a, he needed a lot of cash. So he called all his servants who owed him money and said, OK... Um, guys, today's the day. You, you know it's you. You know it's been coming. Where's my money? And uh, in those days, there weren't banks, so you went to the, the lord of the land, or in this case, they went to the, the king. Kings used to run cities in those days to borrow money. And uh, the first guy, uh, well, one of the guy comes up, a man who owed ten thousand bags of gold. Now that's a lot of money to owe someone. Ten thousand bags of gold. I've never owed that much before. <laughs> I've owed the banks an awful lot, but, but never 10,000 bags of gold. That's an awful lot. So uh, the man couldn't pay. I don't know why. He knew it was coming up. He should have had the, the, the dosh ready, but maybe he went into a bad business deal or something, but didn't have the money. So the master said, OK, you, we're going to sell you in the slave market and uh, someone will buy you, I'll get cash from that, I want to sell your wife, I'm going to sell your children, I'm going to sell your house, and everything to repay the debt. The poor fella, he lost everything he had in life, everything he had in life, his family, his wife, his children, they'd be taken out of school, sold, to recover the debt. And if I was him, I'd be pleading too, because that's, a, that's an awkward situ situation to be in. That's a debt that you just can't pay. It's huge, 10,000 bags of gold. The servant fell on his knees and begged, as I would do, say, please, please have mercy on me. I'll pay you. I will. I'll pay you back. And then an amazing thing happened. The servant's master had pity on him, and he cancelled the whole debt, the whole lot of it. He said, forget it. Now, I'm in situations like that some, sometimes, and I say, well, let's sit down. Let's work out a repayment plan. Let's, um, all right, let's cancel some of it, but I want you to pay the rest off in instalments like this. And uh, I've never cancelled a debt totally before, I don't think. And that's what I would have expected the fellow to do, the king to do. But he saw the fellow beaking, he said, all right, I'll wipe it. The whole debt, the whole debt. And uh, that would have been getting up to, I don't know, a million dollars or more. That's a lot of money to owe. And uh, I couldn't repay that on my wage. <laughs> so what do you think this is a story of? What do you think this is a story of? God. Sorry, Glenis? Oh, That's it. We have a tremendous debt that we owe, owe God. Not money, but for all the things we've done wrong. We're accountable to him and... We owe that debt. This is, a court, this is a story of God and his forgiveness of us. We come to him and ask his forgiveness and plead his mercy. He cancels the whole lot. He said, all you've ever done wrong, gone, cancelled. No repayment plans, no uh, part payment, the whole lot. It's a wonderful story of the gospel. 
That's what the gospel is. God just cancelling all our debts. It's amazing. Gone, the whole lot. And I think of the song that we sing here sometimes. Um, the verse goes, it will come to mind. My sin. Ah, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not part, but the whole, the whole lot. It's gone, cancelled before God. It's amazing. Let's turn the rest, let's go to the next slide. And uh, there's the rest of the story. Now, this is not so good. <laughs> the servant who was forgiven, he went out, he was free. And I expected he would call all his friends and say, guess what's happened? I'll spread it all around Facebook, tell everyone, invite all my friends, let's have a big celebration. Because here's a debt I can never repay and I, it's been cancelled. But on the way, he saw a fellow across the road who owed him a few dollars. What does it say there? He owed him a hundred uh, silver coins. And so he went over and said, hey, I want my money back. And the fellow said, I haven't got it right now. So... Uh, what did you say? Let's cancel all that. No, he grabbed him by the throat and he started choking him. And he said, give me money. I'll do you in. I'll send my mates around tonight with the baseball bats and pay up. And so uh, Paul fellow pleaded and got on his knees just as the, the same guy done before the king. And uh, he said, no, nah, no cancellation, no debt repayment, no payment plan. Off to prison you go until your wife and kids can pay off the loan and uh, then you can get out. That's a bit of a different story, isn't it? He's just been forgiven all he owed and uh, he went and got some fella who owed him a few dollars and tried to choke him to death. And that's a story of us. We've been forgiven this huge debt by God himself. How can we have the um, arrogance? Let me go back to that uh, verse up there. Um, it says there's somewhere, I can't quickly see it. Uh, those that were um, around him, uh, in verse 30, those who heard what was going on, his fellow servants, were outraged. They're outraged. They went and told the king who'd done the original forgiving, look at this fella, he owes a few coins. They were outraged. And, and we should be outraged. If God has forgiven me and I don't forgive someone else, that's arrogance. That's an arrogance. How can, I have the, how can I or you have the audacity not to forgive someone else when God has forgiven our whole debt, all our sins? That's arrogance. And rightly so. The, 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 the onlookers who saw the upset downtown were, were outraged. And that's, uh, I guess that's how God views us. He's forgiven us. And so he says, you, um, we must, we must forgive. It says all through the New Testament. Ephesians 4.12 says, be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other. This is Christian brothers and sisters. Just as in Christ, God has forgiven you. Colossians 4, the same thing. You are God's chosen ones. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. That's a command. 
We not should think about it or maybe. It's a must. We must. God has forgiven us such a vast, with such a vast amount of forgiveness and put it in our hearts and it's our responsibility to take some of that forgiveness, take it out and use it to forgive others. That's our job as a, to other Christian believers. Now I know, I know, I know that people have hurt you, people have hurt me, really hurt me and you've been wronged, you've been accused, you might even have been divorced, you've been used, betrayed, you've been hurt and it hurts, it really hurts when someone has uh, done the wrong thing by you, it really hurts. How can we handle this as Christians? How can we handle What should we do? I've listed a few little things, pulled out what the Bible says about forgiveness and apologies. Let's go through them quickly. And by the way, the clock on the wall is not uh, working, so can someone just get the time right now? When it's 15 minutes time, can you please, can I have a few hands wave in the air? <laughs> because I've got no, no idea of the time. Or Dennis can just put a beer man on the screen, <laughs> thanks. I've got, no, I've got no watch with me. <laughs> Okay, minor, one-off offences. Proverbs 19 says, people with good sense are slow to get angry. And it is to their credit or their glory to overlook an offence, to say, well, let's just overlook it. Let's not retaliate. Let's not seek revenge. Just forgive and let it go. And that's what we should do. If it's a one-off thing, just let it go. And I haven't listed here, but in 2 Timothy, in the New Living Translation, it says, be patient with the difficult brother. <laughs> There's always one, isn't there? In every family, in every workplace, in every sports club, there's always one person who's hard to get on with. <laughs> 2 Timothy 2.24 says, be patient and forgiving with the difficult brother or sister. There's an old saying, to live above in heaven with saints we love, well, that'd be glory. But to live below with people we know, well, that's another story. And that's true. <laughs> Forgiveness is not about our rights, about um, what we want. It's about forgiving and obeying the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. It's making a conscious choice to humble ourselves before God. And that's what I, my biggest struggles with the cancel culture that we have today is there's no forgiveness. There's no forgiveness. They will hunt until they find something that someone has done. Down with him, rip his statue down, let's change the name. And at the moment there's the, uh, what's the latest issue I saw last week? I want to change uh, the Magellan cloud of stars in the sky because Magellan, who uh, was the first to travel the world and discover all sorts of things, uh, he was a hard man with his sailors and he was a hard, hard man and he did the wrong thing to a, some natives on a native island so, so uh, they want to change the name. There's no forgiveness. They don't look at their own lives. They don't tidy their own lives up before pointing the finger. There's no forgiveness with the cancel, with the cancel culture. As an illustration, I remember Elizabeth Wilson years ago giving a talk of a similar theme to this 
And she said, I have made a decision in my life. I have chosen not to be offended. I thought, wow, I've never forgotten that. I thought, wow, if I can live up to that, I'll be happy. <laughs> I've chosen not to be offended. I'll make a choice. Okay, one-off offences, let's forgive. Now, what if we've done the wrong thing? What if we've knowingly, knowingly upset one? What if we've been harsh with our words? What if we've uh, been over the top? Matthew 5 says to us, Jesus is speaking, he said, so he's speaking to people, the Jewish people, in an Old Testament setting when they used to go to the temple and sacrifice for their sins. And he says, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar, walk away from it, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So I would think that if Paul was writing this to the churches, he would say, if he was writing to Hope Christian Centre, he'd say, okay, all you dear brothers and sisters at Hope Christian Centre, in one of his letters, if you're on, here on Sunday morning worshipping the Lord, and you're about to take communion with, and uh, remember the Lord's death for you, and you remember the Holy Spirit brings into your mind someone that you've upset, walk out of church. Get up and go. Get in your car, go and put things right. And be reconciled if that's possible. Then come back to the Lord and worship him. It's that important. It's immediate. Um, apologies uh, should be quick, should be immediate. I used to work for a lovely Christian businessman and uh, in the marketplace you've upset people unintentionally. It just happens. You can't please everybody. And he was, he was a wonderful model to me when I was a younger guy. If, if someone was upset, they'd be on the phone venting to the receptionist and uh, he'd just walk out the door, go to the shop next door, buy some chocolates, buy some flowers, drive straight out of the house and say, I'm sorry, Mrs. So-and-so, you know, we, this was unintentional. We didn't mean to offend you. I'm very sorry. Will you please accept this as a token of our, our forgiveness or our, not forgiveness, our uh, apology. And, uh, and that was a great model for me to live by. Be quick. And I've had to put that into, into practice one or two times. I've upset people and we upset a, one of our cleaners one day, lovely older lady, and, and it's somehow something we said or whatever went around and... We had to go straight out to her and say, listen, I'm sorry, Norma, we've upset you. We apologise. It's got to be quick and prompt. Then come back and worship the Lord. Okay, let's move on quickly. When someone hurts you, we've just covered when you hurt someone else, when someone hurts you. Let me read this, it's worth reading. All together, Matthew 18. If your brother or sister in God's family does something wrong, go and tell them what they did wrong. Do this when you're alone with them, privately. If they listen to you, then you have helped them to be your brother and sister again. But if they refuse to listen, go to them again. Take one or two people with you from your church leadership, preferably. There'll be two or three witnesses then and they'll be able to uh, ascertain what happened. If they refuse to listen to them, to you, take it to the whole church. So again, the obligation is on us to make the first move. The last example, if someone's wronged us, it's, on our, it's our obligation to make the first move, to ask forgiveness. If 
someone has upset us, the obligation on us, not, not just once or twice as we read before, let's just overlook it. But if it's repetitive and it goes on and on and we can't stand it, it's our job not to spread it around the Facebook, not to tell all our friends, not to repeat it over and over again, but to go privately and make it right. And if it's not sorted, take someone else. We've been in a situation where we've had to get, uh, we tried to reconcile and didn't work. So we said, look, can we get a Christian guy who's a counsellor to be a mediator? And then we'll go, we'll go back and we'll sit down. We went, we went back and, and went through several sessions with this lovely Christian fellow who uh, mediated. Um, so again, it's our responsibility to go and us to go and seek reconciliation. Taking it one step further, thanks, Dennis. Luke 17:4. Oh, uh, continued. Yes, that'll do. We can't. We'll keep going. Yeah, thanks, Dennis. We'll take a time. We'll go to the next one. A step further, if there's someone who wrongs you seven times a day, and each time turns, each time turns is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, didn't mean to do it. We must forgive. Forgiveness is a decision of the will, and since God commands us to forgive, we must make a conscious choice to obey the Lord and forgive. Now, this comes out in family relationships more when you're close with people, husbands and wives, particularly. Um, Someone's got a habit. <laughs> oh, it's annoying. <laughs> you said, I don't want you doing that. And they do it again and again and again. If they come back and say, I'm sorry, um, we've got to forgive. We've got to give. Now, no, no digging your husband in the elbow, you wives, or <laughs> vice versa. <laughs> and uh, this is where, you know, it cuts deep. When people repetitively uh, hurt us. But especially if it's family, you can't avoid family. You've got to meet them, <laughs> at least for Christmas, at least in a few other times. You've got, to, you've got to get together with family. You can't avoid them like you can others. So we've got to, we've got to uh, forgive and keep no record of wrongs, as uh, Corinthians 13 says. That's what love is. It doesn't keep a record. It doesn't keep a record. I had an uncle who used to write everything down, everything down. And when, you, when something came up and you said, well, you know, this is how it was, out his record book will come. On a certain date, you said, <laughs> and you did this. That uh, wasn't good. Anyway, fortunately, he's, he's not alive anymore, but in his old age, <laughs> that's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> What, what it has. What I mean was, I can tell you this because he's not living anymore. <laughs> he, uh, he mellowed. He mellowed wonderfully in his old age, and that was, you know, that was lovely to see. So love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Doesn't bring them up. And God doesn't keep a record of our sins. He doesn't keep a record of your sins or my sins. Isn't that, isn't that refreshing? Doesn't that bring freedom? He forgives, and he, Isaiah tells us he blots out our sins. He wipes them out. He, he obliterates them. You can't, you can't even read over where it was written in his book. There's no record book in heaven anywhere that has a record of our sins if we've trusted the Lord and asked him to forgive us. No record anywhere. It doesn't exist. Blot it out. 
And that's the model that we have to follow. Let me encourage us all, um, when something is cut, cut deeply and it hurts, our reaction is to tell all our friends. Don't spread it on Facebook, that's worse. Tell all our friends, you go over and over and over and over and over and over it in your mind and it's, you're lying awake in bed over and over and over again. It's not healthy, it's not, not healthy. You know, give it, give it, to, the, give it to the Lord and make a conscious decision just not to go over it again. It's just, uh, I did, my, we had an upset with a neighbour a long time ago. She's still alive. <laughs> now she talks to us and waves to us and rings me up when she has a problem and I go and help her out. It's wonderful. She hated us for years, for decades, for decades. And all we could do was just show Christian love, just give her a wave or a smile. Anyway, um, um, where am I going with this? <laughs> um, let's, um, let's move on. We'll forget about it. <laughs> but it would, oh, that's what I was going to say. I made the mistake of telling my workmates, oh, you know, don't take the advice of your workmates. Go to the Lord, read his word. The workmates, they just give you ridiculous things, you know. Oh, I know what the thing to do is. I've read this, is great. When they're on holidays, or well, away for the night, you go next door and you put super glue in their locks and they come home. <laughs> and <laughs> another fellow said, I don't believe this, but he said, but what you do is you, you go around one night and you uh, unscrew their outside light fitting, outside, and you put a bit of fuel in there, a bit of petrol. You screw it back up again and you ring the doorbell run away and... Uh, and uh, kaboom. <laughs> go, go to the God's word. Don't go spreading it. Don't go talking to all your work makes and, and, uh, and spreading it around and talk, talk, talk. We had a, a businessman uh, who got upset with us. He just didn't pay his bill. And he was, uh, we were accommodating him. We said, how do you go then? He said, I refuse to go. I know the law. I've got rights. I've got rights. <laughs> I know the law. You refuse to go. Oh, it was a headache because uh, anyway, so I called a security company for some big strong fellows <laughs> and uh, the police and said, look, this is the deal. This is what the law says. And uh, uh, it's a bit awkward. All the neighbours are out watching. In the, end, in the end, there was a big argument with the police and the police said, look, the way we see it, is you put your shoes on and walk out of here or we carry you out. And uh, this was all, what was stressful was that uh, we were flying overseas in an hour's time. And <laughs> we had someone there to take us to the airport and this was going on and on. And finally he walks out and the police escort him out and, and he was abusing us and carrying on and I'll see you in court, you Bible bashers. And, and, uh, and um, we got on holiday. Lovely holiday, beautiful weather. We come in next day, we're coming down the lift into the pool. Oh, it's lovely. And Alison's talking away, saying, Oh, and this fellow and so and so. And do you hear what he said? I said, Alison, let's cut it. Let's make a decision. We're on holiday. Let's make a decision to not talk about this fellow. It was a big it was a big thing for me and for us, but let's just cut it. Let's not talk about it. Put it out of our mind and uh, enjoy a holiday. Get on with life. 
And that's what we have to do sometimes. Let's have the next slide, Dennis, to say, what does the Bible say? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. In Luke, this is. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Love, do good, bless and pray. I've had to do all those. Pray for people, fellows who have hurt me. It's hard, but this is what God says. Don't take revenge. Don't put super glue in their locks. Don't spread it around all your friends. Leave it to the Lord. Love, do good, bless and pray. How do you know if you've forgiven someone? How do you know? Because hurt, the hurt stays there for years. But um, the verses we started off with, the story of the king, said we must forgive from our heart. And that's where it is. And I think if I've forgiven... Alison said to me recently, have you, forgot, have you forgiven that guy? I said, yeah. I don't, wish, I don't wish him to fall under a bus anymore. I don't want him to be run over by a bus or I don't wish harm to him anymore. Um, we're done. So I've forgiven him. Okay, let's finish there. We've run out of time. To finish, I just want to play you a short video clip of um, Corrie Tin Boom, whose uh, family and parents mainly uh, hid Jews in the Second World War to get them out of. The family was caught and they were imprisoned. She was put in a concentration camp with her sister. Her sister was killed. Uh, she survived. Uh, she's got a story uh, to tell about forgiveness. And then I'll pray. When I was in the concentration camp, one of the most terrible things I had to go through was that they stripped us of all our clothing and we had to stand. The first time was the worst. I said, Betsy, I cannot bear this. And suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. And the Bible tells, they took his garments, he hanged there naked. And I knew he hanged there for me, for my sins. And by my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And it made me so thankful that I could bear my suffering. Love. So amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. 
it was some time ago that I was in Berlin. And there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man. That was one of the most cruel officers, guards, in the concentration, in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian. I have found the Lord Jesus. I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world. Also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. And I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. Let me give a 20 second conclusion then I'll pray. An unforgiving spirit leads to bitterness and the Bible speaks in Hebrews about letting roots of, don't let roots of bitterness grow in your life when bitterness starts to cling to anger then resentment comes in then we hold a grudge against someone and that leads to spiritual poverty that's where it leads spiritual poverty and it affects our health. It'll come out physically. If we hold resentment and hurt for long enough, it'll just come out. It'll come out in a, a blood uh, clot in your brain or a, or a stroke or a heart attack or a broken relationship or something or other. It comes out and affects us physically. Let's not live with un an unforgiving spirit.
Let me pray. Father, Father God, thank you that you are, for a, you are a forgiving God. You're the greatest example of forgiveness that we could ever imagine. And we want to be able to forgive as you have forgiven us. Give us forgiving hearts. Give us strength and stamina and, and the graciousness to forgive when wounds are deep and it hurts us acutely. So this morning we come to you in prayer in the great healing and liberating name of Jesus our Saviour. Amen.